0: Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope, this one out, touchdown, this time going deep for Beckham Jr., he did!
2: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Road of Is Overtime on Road of His Radio, br- brought to you by Bet Online and Bluetooth. My name's Colum Kelly. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Sean Siegel. Sean, we're into episode 99. We're on the track to 100. And we have ourselves a special guest. And as the listeners will know, guests aren't too much a commonplace across the podcast (laughs) over those 99 episodes. This is just the third one ever. And we we don't really just uh, take anyone in uh, and have them on the show. We always try and get the best. And Sean, I guess it'll be... Only manners to uh, let the guest have a uh, first talk on the show today. So we are joined by none other than Curtis Patrick, who you can follow on Twitter at CPatrickNFL. One of the co-owners at Rotoviz, the Chief Brand Officer and the Dynasty Coordinator. Somebody who you should be following on Twitter and somebody whose articles you should be reading every single time they post. And also one of the hosts of the Dynasty Command Center podcast on, of course, Rotoviz Radio. Curtis, a pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, thanks for jumping aboard.
3: Congratulations, guys! It's uh it's an honor to uh, to make a guest appearance on your 99th episode. I mean, uh, just one before uh, a huge anniversary moment for you. I've been following the um, the giveaways that you've been doing. I think that's a great way to give people a sneak peek at all of the amazing things going on at Rodeviz. And um, this is an exciting time to talk about anything and everything Dynasty. Just coming off the NFL draft. All of our rankings are updated. The rookie guide, uh, volume three, just published, and um, I'm working on a really cool uh, dashboard-style cheat sheet. And m- man, this is m- May is one of the best times of the dynasty calendar for sure.
2: Yeah, it certainly is. And uh, Sean, I guess we start the show the way we normally started it as well. How have things been for you this week?
4: Fantastic. Getting to participate in a, an awesome startup uh, with Curtis here and, and looking forward to discussing our Dynasty Command Center Rookie Guide. All three volumes out now, when you buy the guide, you get the information from all three of them, including uh, obviously the updated information after the NFL draft. We have three different mocks, so you can pick out the one that is most relevant to your for- format and or just contrast where players went in different ones to get a sense of how this rookie draft could go. Uh, Curtis, this draft I I think could be crazier than any that we've seen in the last decade with the way the reality draft threw some wrenches into values for some specific guys. So we're going to be asking you about the DCC guide today. Uh, Maybe start off with by just uh, giving us a sense of what makes this such a special project for you.
3: Well, it's this was uh, this was the third year that we've done it, and uh, by far, I mean third time was a charm and that's because you know with with DCC coming under the root of his umbrella, it meant that you and Blair Andrews uh, were able to be involved along with TJ, uh, Calkins and Travis May and myself. And I think that was just a way for us to blend in a very approachable and digestible way, blend some of the great research that's been done on the site over the years. Um, into a, a magazine style format, and uh, have that in volumes one and volume two, alongside the production profiles of these players, um, some historical sims based on athleticism um, and projected draft capital, and then of course in volume three, really all there is left to do is is tweak for landing spot and, and draft capital, which were things that you know we could make educated guesses about in the process before the NFL draft, but really didn 't have the answers of course, until the teams call the players' names on the cards um, this year and so I think what 's really fun for me is starting you know in December every year you know I think that we 've consistently been ahead of the curve in releasing a first look at what rookie classes look like, and it falls into a space between like debbie content um, and actual just true um, dynasty where there's not a a college football aspect so you know it's a great way of leveraging Travis's knowledge on college football he's truly one of um the the best minds out there and he really he really keeps track of these players um, from the time they're college uh college freshmen and those initial recruiting classes and then I really start to pick them up the year before they're they're draft eligible and it's kind of a scary thing Sean putting putting rankings out there with your name on them before we even know who the combine combine invites are. And before um, we know if people are even going to declare. And so one of the most interesting times this year on the calendar was putting out volume one and then seeing some of the backs decide to stay in school. It's really, really surprising. It put a little bit of a dent in the first round value. But then as we saw throughout the combine process, we had some people nail the athleticism, enough wide receivers declared, And then, of course, the draft capital really hit and it made for a really strong first round, but one that I think is going to see a lot of uh, confusing ADP from league to league.
4: Definitely, and i you mentioned Travis and, and TJ, and they were uh, integral parts to what we did and and obviously have been uh, with the DCC guide. It was a lot of fun. We got together for our ranking summit to hear Travis and TJ talk about their guys. Obviously, I get a lot of interaction with you and, and a lot of interaction with Blair as our managing editor, I'm really chatting with him all the time on articles and uh, rankings, tools, all of that kind of thing. To hear Travis go in and talk about some of these guys who were a little bit under the radar and then to hear TJ discuss some of the things that he's looking at with his valuations uh, in terms of landing spot, uh, some things that they now have discussed on the site over the last week with Travis's top 100 rankings, TJ with his landing spot rankings. Really some cool stuff to hear. Uh, Perspectives that uh, not necessarily clash, but definitely gave us some information from different directions. And so uh, getting all of that Uh, In in one package there, it it was a lot of fun. And so we're excited to to ask you some questions about uh, that ranking summit where we have some of the guys in the mocks in the rankings uh, as we as we go through the show here. So I know cullum has got some great questions for us
2: yeah i think it's gonna be a really fun show and i guess uh curtis mentioned you know for us getting to 100 i guess we had the congratulations back the other way curtis uh the command center pod last week hitting 50 shows so uh no mean feat there as well and it's like every week's one of my favorite podcast to listen into so any of the listeners who i'm sure if you're listening to this show you're already listening to it but definitely be checking that out and as i mentioned we are coming up here on the 100th episode of the show curtis teased it earlier to mark that occasion we are giving away 10 one month subscriptions to rotavis.com if you're already subscribed we'll add it to the end of that subscription if you aren't already signed up i don't know what you're waiting for but you are going to get a one month subscription to try everything out as curtis said testing behind the scenes all you have to do is written review the podcast on your favorite podcast app and retweet some of the podcast tweets on the feed but get those five star reviews and does really help the podcast and the podcast network Uh, as always as well when you do sign up the stuff we're talking on today's show obviously we're talking about uh, the rookie guide but the stuff that we're talking about about the top 100s and things like that as well as the tools we talk about in every show are up on the website and as a podcast listener you can get 10% off a one-year subscription with the code 2020 RV Radio at checkout so get involved in that as well but hit us with those five star ratings i guess we'll jump straight into the questions as we get to curtis's opinion we'll also obviously be getting sean's opinions as we run through here uh, In that uh the dynasty command uh, center mocks you selected jk dobbins at 104 and the tight end premium mock what is the biggest concern for you with that is it the Dobbins is in a crowded backfield you know there might be some competition going along there more competition than with Nick Chubb Miles Sanders as rookies both who didn't really break out until that second half of the rookie season although uh, the promise is really there for Miles Sanders as we move into 2020 are that the Ravens simply don't throw the ball to the running back enough so in PPR formats maybe we're not going to hit on those high ceilings that we may hope for and maybe there is a bit of a limited ceiling there with Dobbins which of those would be your concern and I guess there's probably not many concerns for you when you're picking them up at the, the 104, but excited, I'm sure, about Dobbins in, in 2020. Or are you thinking of that as more of a, a 2021 where things really kickstart? Uh,
3: I, I love J.K. Dobbins. Uh, JK, J.K. Dobbins as a 2,000-yard uh, rusher at Ohio State in very very elite territory um, in Power 5 and then in Buckeye lore, obviously. Um, just an incredible athlete, um, You know, measuring in the 99th percentile. Uh, at, at the, a Nike event as an 18-year-old, and he certainly didn't disappoint at the NFL Combine. Um, he hit draft capital, um, which we were hoping you know he would go no later than the second round. That obviously occurred. And he went to the Ravens, who run out of the shotgun and um, are obviously one of the, the best RPO uh, rushing attacks in the NFL. And that's exactly the scheme that Dobbins uh, performed in, in college. And so I think... For his for his skills, he landed in an absolute home run spot, um, except for the receiving work, uh, and I think you hit on that a little bit. In terms of breaking out in 2020, I think the Miles Sanders 2019 story, um, or I guess growth arc, is very fair as a comparison. Mark Ingram, you know, in a in a season where there's not going to be a lot of summer uh, prep going on for these rookies, you know, he obviously knows the offense better. Um, he performed well last year with over a thousand yards again for how, the however manyth time in his career. Um, so I think Dobbins emerges toward the second half of the year. And then in year two, he'll be set up for um, something like a Nick Chubb style breakout. And I think Nick Chubb is probably like the ceiling comp for J.K. Dobbins from a fantasy perspective now where, you know, in Cleveland, it's more because they've chosen to throw to a different back and Baltimore, it's just going to be because they're not throwing to the backs much at all. But I think, I think low-end RB1 to mid-RB1, certainly within range of outcomes for J.K. Dobbins, even with uh, slightly less receiving work at his disposal.
4: In this tight end premium mock, we had the running backs and top five picks. Now, a little bit of that was because I had the number one pick, and obviously I did go with Jonathan Taylor. And perhaps not obviously, but still liked him ahead of my my new Chiefs back there, which I'm still trying to uh, wrap my head around and, and get comfortable with. But so we had the running backs in the top five. Travis suggested that he had running backs as his top five. I have seen running backs go in the top five of some actual drafts that I've been in at the same time. Also in our sort of RDL 2.0 league, uh, camp acres went at number 12, obviously you had Dobbins there at one Oh four. I've seen acres go multiple times ahead of him I think by contrast, this could be a little bit like 2017, where perhaps there is a Saquon Barkley back in this draft, and certainly not all of the running backs will be busts. But there's a real possibility that we're looking at a situation where a year and a half from now, we're trying to figure out how some of these wide receivers got into the second round, how they weren't the two, three, four, five types of picks. Curse, where are you in terms of valuing? these running backs should we be looking at them still with the landing spots a little bit tricky maybe for uh, we discussed the situation with Dobbins you cleared that up for us maybe still tricky with acres uh, certainly tricky with swift where are we looking at these guys after the draft now
3: yeah, man you raised such a great point but I'm not really moving off of it too much just because of how I'm approaching dynasty in general right now um and if to use the 2017 example You know, we ended up with Alvin Kamara and Kareem Hunt in that draft as well, who had lower um, rookie ADP. And, you know, the quality of the running back talent ended up prevailing for fantasy purposes. And, you know, we wouldn't have thought maybe that Kamara was a a smash landing spot initially with Mark Ingram still in town. Uh, And I think, I can't remember who it was off the top of my head, but I think there was somebody else in the picture as a a potential receiving back. It might have been Traverse Cadet or somebody like that, um, it all, it's, it's all, uh, in the distant, uh, recesses of my brain at this point. Um, but I think all of those running backs ended up, um, um, hitting in some way or another. And I just think that's where this draft class is going to be. I think, you know, either Cam Akers or DeAndre Swift, despite landing in messy situations, I think one of them will probably emerge, um, you know, just based on draft capital and athleticism and production profile and how, you know, Just absolutely excited, all the film guys are, about these backs. I'm really not budging on the quality here. And because we're seeing a flattening of wide receiver fantasy production across the league, I'm really hesitant to pass on running backs that have high-end RB2 within their range of outcomes, especially with the relative youth of the backs in this class. I mean, so many of them have a rookie age of 21, Um, And we know from from Blair's excellent work and others before him on the site that, you know, draft capital, rookie age, speed score, you get all these things in in the soup and you end up with some running backs who are very attractive. So as much as I like Jalen Rager and Jerry Judy and CeeDee Lamb and as happy as I would be to land any of them on my squads, very difficult for me to pass on some of the upper tier backs in the class in their favor.
2: With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on, well, you'd be wrong our exclusive partner bet online still has hundreds of events games and props to wager on from their online casino to poker and blackjack they're bringing vegas to you if you're missing the nfl like myself and sean no problem bet online has live daily madden 20 simulations you can bet on i've seen a lot of people even streaming these on youtube and uh, you know getting involved then on the action uh, over at bet online so do get involved it's a, it's a lot of fun it's not quite the nfl but it's uh, another way to get that Fix. You can either bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, and the stock market, uh, and it's all open 24 hours a day and all online. Use the promo code Blue Wire to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. Bet online, your online wagering solution. I also want to tell you about our friends over at Blue Chew. Are you trying to last a little bit longer or go a few extra rounds in the bedroom get to bluechew.com bluechew.com has the first ever chewable that brings your performance in the bedroom to another level they have the same active ingredients as viagra and cialis so you know they work and since they're chewable they work faster you can take them anytime day or night even on a full stomach plus you don't need to go to the doctor's office or spend time in the pharmacy line BlueTube's online physician is free of cost and once approved your ships straight to your door in discreet packaging here's a great deal for you guys as a loyal podcast listener visit bluechew.com and get your first order free when you use the promo code blue wire just pay the five dollar shipping again that's bluetooth.com first order free bluechew.com promo code blue wire so as we move forward, um, Sean has compiled a, a very interesting list here. We're gonna get some of Curtis's thoughts. We'll probably get Sean to jump in then with his thoughts as well as we run through them. But some picks from the the recent mock and you know where they went, some players who are relatively even, you know, across ADP and things like that. And just with that in mind, is it a case on these players that Curtis, you feel I guess first option would be very strongly on them still feel that way maybe secondly is that you had the players relatively even and it was a tough call or maybe you've flipped all the other way there's a week in hindsight to evaluate the situation the landing spot and everything like that maybe you would change some of those around so we have uh justin jefferson going ahead of uh, jerry judy obviously as we mentioned this is uh tight end premium uh, formats is that something uh still that you would go ahead and do you know one week removed from that rookie mock
3: no. And, and actually, I mean, that that was basically based off of how I had the players tiered. And I kind of wanted to just see where Judy would go. <laughs> um, initially, right after the NFL draft, too, I think you're, you're thinking about, you know, OK, Cortland Sutton's in that offense, Noah Fant's in that offense. Um, they also drafted Alberto okoye And so what would the initial opportunity for Judy be versus a Justin Jefferson, who really slots in as the immediate, secondary, um, you know, target hog in, in the Vikings offense. So I think it's range of possible outcomes that Judy falls, um, below Jefferson Rager or rugs in a draft, whether it's tight end premium or otherwise. And, uh, here Travis wisely snapped Judy up. Um, I still have Judy above Jefferson in my rankings, but, um, it was interesting to see what happened there. Uh, when I selected Jefferson before him.
2: And Sean, I guess we we kind of talked about that last week in that situation. A week past more, I'm starting to feel a lot more confident about that landing spot for Judy, has your thoughts changed since we we recorded last week? Is the confidence improving in that situation?
4: I I would certainly draft him in the spot uh, that he was going in this mock here. Certainly comfortable with him where he's going in rookie drafts that I'm tracking. I still think it's a a tricky spot because I I think that there's a chance that Hamler may end up being the best wide receiver Uh, in this class which I mean certainly if that's the case it's going to be very very crowded there but certainly makes I think Drew Locke now a very exciting player in superflex. Curtis another interesting one that we had there was T Higgins You selected him uh, just ahead of Michael Pittman and to throw in a different position Keyshawn Vaughn Uh, this is an interesting one looking at the early declare versus the four-year guy just with that we know that the draft slots probably overstate how close they are but maybe Pittman has some characteristics that Higgins doesn't or perhaps it's more interesting to talk about Vaughn I actually or I threw out the question there uh, in the previous one looking at uh, the wrong year thinking of 2018 really in 2017 but that brought up for me this Alvin Kamara idea and how someone who was a little bit less expensive but now certainly, and since he's been in the NFL, really a top five dynasty value. Is there any chance that Vaughn ends up being this draft's Alvin Kamara? We've certainly seen him drafted like that in a few rookie events that have happened so far.
3: Sure. I think, I think it's possible if he gets bell cow usage, um, down there, um, he could absolutely smash. I mean, I, I think that you know, even top three upside amongst the rookies this year is within range of outcomes if he truly locks down that role. I don't, I'm not sure that he's going to have upside above Jonathan Taylor or Clyde edwards Um, But you know, it's it's really going to come down to does Ronald Jones show enough in camp to still have a meaningful role? Um, if not, the Buccaneers clearly aren't aren't married to Jones. They've had every chance to to show that uh, and, and, you know, they went ahead and and invested early draft capital and another back here. You know, I, am not, there's plenty of questions about Vaughn for me. I mean, he's older, you know, he's a transfer. I mean, he was beat out by very, very pedestrian players at Illinois before he moved to Vandy. And so um, I don't think that we can just forget that. I mean, his most recent year and his peak production looked great. So, you know, it's just a little bit of a messy profile, and uh, but the landing spot and the draft capital, you know, certainly he he hit a nice combination there. Um, in, in terms of him versus Pittman or Higgins, you know, Higgins, I just think you know with the early production, you know, his, a pretty solid history for Clemson wide receivers transferring um, to the NFL, and then the smash landing spot with Joe Burrow as his potential alpha moving forward. Um, I you know I stand by that pick. I would still draft Higgins in front of Pittman and Vaughn today in tight end premium or um well and really in any format i mean adjusting for super flex or non-tight end premium doesn't really change the rankings of those three players for me since they don't play the premium positions
2: one that's uh interesting and you know both have established running backs well i guess we'll say established running backs a second year player uh coming out in buffalo obviously in Devin singletary um you have zach moss there and also aj Dillon drafted to the packers where although the packers and being a packers fan the draft wasn't that enjoyable you know. A.J. Dillon still profiles to be you know, pretty good at the, the NFL level. Out of those two guys, um, what what's are you leaning towards now is the, the preferred pick?
3: Uh, th- I've got them tiered similarly. Uh, for me, this is really about what I think their upside in year one is because um, I don't think either one of these guys just goes in and steals the job. Um, but in the unlikely event that it did occur, Zach Moss I think has a much better chance of unseating Devin Singletary. Than AJ Dillon does. Aaron Jones. I mean, Aaron Jones has been a fantastic producer. Uh, he's trusted by Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he was one of the league leaders in touchdowns last season, and uh, he's also, I believe, in a walk here. And you know, the team's really going to want to get everything out of him. You know, AJ Dillon's speed score and and early draft capital, you know, are things that are impressive. Um, but we know he's not really good at creating yards. Um and he wasn't really loved um, by a lot of uh, film grinders, hasn't really shown anything in the receiving game. I'm, I'm wondering if A.J. Dillon signals um, a move towards a, a power running game that features running backs uh, less in, in the receiving aspects of the offense in 2021 and beyond, um, with Lafleur looking like maybe he wants to build Tennessee Titans north in Green Bay. But for this year, I think Aaron Jones is still a safe bet in fantasy. And, as nice as Devin Singletary looked um, you know, him and Zach Moss are, are very different in the way they're constructed. And I think Moss could steal um, you know, work near the end zone and you know, all it would take is a, a little injury with Singletary's relative lack of experience in the NFL for Moss to potentially usurp him. Uh, whereas I think Aaron Jones has built up a little bit of um, maybe team or offensive loyalty based on his production on past several years.
4: Yeah. I love AJ Dillon and, think that he does have a chance to be that derrick henry type of guy but zach moss really perfectly positioned here to get a lot of high value touches and a little bit surprising almost that he's not going earlier in drafts well chris we got to put you on the spot for the number one pick you're sitting there in the format that uh everybody's playing now because it's easily the most fun format looking at our super flex mock and you selected jonathan taylor ahead of Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Joe Burrow obviously the guy uh, there with the Chiefs the first running back maybe not for 2020 but for 2021 probably through 2022 uh, 2024 I mean you're gonna have an insane floor and a fantastic ceiling for that Chiefs back and then Burrow I know you're a big fan potentially one of the best uh, quarterback prospects in a long time What is it that had you still with Taylor ahead of those two guys? And is that specific to this draft where you don't have a team? Are there situations in which uh, team considerations, roster considerations would bring uh, maybe Burrow to number one for you?
3: Probably. I mean, really, honestly, not. I mean, we're we're doing these rookie drafts in May. Um, I don't have to field my fantasy roster until September. I think that Jonathan Taylor is a once every couple years type of back and I think that maybe we're just a little bit numb because we had a prospect similar to this with Saquon Barkley a couple years ago, um, but I really just think his profile is that strong. I think the Colts were an amazing landing spot for him, um, and I'm just not wavering for my, my pre-draft assessment on him. I think he's an absolute must-have type player and dynasty. Um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire hit the jackpot in terms of landing spot, um, but I'm not just going to excuse away his lack of early collegiate production and assume that he's going to be you know, one of these all-decade-type players like LaShawn McCoy and Brian Westbrook were just because he's playing for Andy Reid. I mean, there's plenty of reason for optimism. He's in an awesome offense, um, but I just don't think he's the player that Jonathan Taylor is. Um, so I would much more likely... Uh, consider burrow over taylor if i was just desperate for quarterback um, on a specific roster that is a decision i could maybe see myself making Um, just because i actually think burrow will have 101 super flex uh, rookie adp um, when it's all said and done and you know trading back to the 102 and getting cute and trying to get a little equity i just don't think you can depend on on getting him there you're gonna have to take your guy if you have, uh, if you have the one hundred and one, so you know I like like Burrow to start early. Obviously, with the team moving on from Dalton, we didn't have that information at this time, but um, you know it's even more reason for optimism because you'll get the early production too. You mentioned Drew Locke earlier. If there's a reason I'm not putting Burrow at my one hundred and one and super flex, it's because I think you can still get guys in the range of dynasty value of where Joe Burrow is going to be going, like a Drew Locke, like a Baker Mayfield who has slid. Um, but now is poised um, with an even better offense and in year three to take a step forward. I think there's perennially undervalued guys like Carson Wentz um, that are going to be available for similar pricing. So I don't feel the desperation to get a Burrow, whereas I think these elite backs are just so difficult to get, and that's how I view Taylor.
2: Yeah, I think that's a, that's a really good point too for anyone listening, obviously, because you're going to see those uh, quarterbacks go very high, and the next group I'm going to ask you about also includes a quarterback, so <laughs> probably gauging towards that answer, but there is a, quite a number and particularly super flex formats that some of those quarterbacks are... Uh, Going at a, a lesser value than that one hundred and one would would be able to get you. The next one up is Justin Herbert, so the third quarterback off the board and pretty much most uh, super flex uh, leagues. And then you had CD Lamb as well. Um, so in this, you know, if you're if you're going with that uh, kind of mindset that you had with Joe Burrow, I'm guessing that you'd be leaning towards CD Lamb then with with this combination. Is that right?
3: Justin Herbert ahead of CD Lamb, I think is something I would still consider. Um on certain rosters. I, I like CeeDee Lamb landing in Dallas. I like that he's married to Dak Prescott. I think that he's already better than Michael Gallup and he might be better than Amari Cooper. Um, and, and certainly within a year or two, I think he could really emerge as the number one in an offense that's going to sling the ball everywhere. However, um, you know, today in terms of adjusting for, for value in a super flex league, You know, receivers in super flex league, I think, take more of a ding um, than backs, just because there are so many fantasy relevant players at that position. And Herbert, um, you know, he's Tyrod Taylor. Unfortunately, finds himself in a familiar position where you know he's going to basically keep the seat warm until the rookie is ready. And it only took two games until Cleveland uh, threw Baker Mayfield in there for Tyrod, and I'm, I'm not sure that Tyrod will make it out of September with Herbert, um, unless, you know, the summer is really is really affected uh by everything going on with coronavirus. So um Herbert got draft capital. He's got great weapons with Keenan Allen and and Mike Williams and Hunter Henry and Austin Eckler. He he's in a great situation. It's just, you know, feels like a small market team, even though it's Los Angeles and um just kind of a under the radar, a smash landing spot for Herbert to succeed. And so um I would still consider making this decision today.
4: That's certainly an interesting one. Those are those are a couple of my favorite guys there, and, and love Liam. We talked about this a little bit on the in the summit, but. I think Herbert could be a very sneaky guy to have similar value to the top two quarterbacks there and certainly at a discount to them in terms of where you're going to get him in rookie drafts. Curtis, before we let you go, we wanted to get your opinion on a few ways to play the the last half of drafts, a few of your favorite sleepers. Obviously, that's uh, what people are, are looking for from one of the top dynasty minds in the industry. In these mocks that we did, you had Antonio Gandy-Golden a couple of different times, in round three is is that because of the value that he fell to there or is he someone you feel somewhat strongly about would he be one of your last sort of must draft types of players if you're looking to move into the end of round three or you're looking to say okay after this guy maybe i'll sell the rest of my picks
3: yeah gandy golden is is a player i was kind of a little down on before the NFL draft. Um, It's a little bit because I feel stung from Andy Isabella last year. Um, And I haven't given up on Andy Isabella. Um, But I I was skeptical that Gandy Golden would get draft capital, you know, coming out of Liberty and just was a little maybe worried about how his skill set would project to the NFL. And, you know, I didn't hear rave reviews from the senior bowl. And so there's kind of just a lot of stuff that was in the soup there. But he landed in a, a really great spot for early opportunity in Washington. He's basically going to have to beat out Kelvin Harmon, who was a late draft pick last year and, you know, didn't really flash. I think he had 30 something receptions. And, you know, in the road of his prospect box box score scout, even, you know, with a draft position of 142, in his top 10 comps, we find Eric Decker, Kenny Galladay, Keenan Allen, and Allen Robinson. And so you're talking about almost half of his comps being players that you know our fantasy wide receiver ones, and so in the third round of a rookie draft, I think it's an excellent dart throw, especially considering he doesn't have much to stand in his way for early opportunity.
4: And and last year before before we leave you, give us your your top deep sleeper. I'm putting together the day three wide receiver prospect lab. Uh, scores a couple of interesting guys stand out. Uh, players that you have picked here, we have someone like a Cephas, like a Kulter, uh, Someone you didn't draft, Mooney might be another one. Do you have a favorite in in that round four area? Is there anybody? Uh, if you have sort of a rebuilding team, where you think, okay, round four, I can still get some value.
3: Yeah, I'm, and and you mentioned TJ's, um, you know, ability to to influence and and share some of his work and it, at the summit. You know, we ended up getting in a conversation about Quintez Cephas and the landing spot in Detroit with Marvin Jones on his way out after 2020, um, and in the Lions having a history of supporting up to three pass catchers. Um, you know, Quintez Cephas drew high praise um, from some from some top uh, opponents in the Big Ten who were highly drafted, and uh, you know, I just think that's that's an interesting spot to maybe. Uh, be the the wide receiver too uh potentially as early as twenty twenty one obviously everyone 's a dart throw in this range um, I, I actually my favorite dart throw in round four is not a wide receiver it 's a running back it 's the michael Pirine uh, who landed with with the jets um, but at the wide receiver position, I would say it is Cephas. however, in round four i just i would rather throw the dart at a running back most of the time.
4: Awesome. Well, those are some fantastic insights from, obviously, one of our favorite Dynasty guys. Uh, Certainly, we're biased, but I don't think there's any question that Curtis is one of the best uh, Dynasty guys in the entire business. Awesome to have him on the show with us, show 99 here. i definitely go out, check out the Rookie Guide. He's done a fantastic job with that, as always. We have four-round mocks in the three different formats we discussed a little bit today tiered rankings that go very, very deep, uh, new research, on advanced stats, all the kind of stuff that you want from this type of guide. I think the the 2020 version has had a fantastic reception. We were excited about that. Uh, Curtis, any final thought on the DCC guide here before we let you go?
3: Um, no, other I guess other than to purchase it, if you, if you haven't already, I um, just want to remind everyone that, you, you know, purchasing volume three, you're also going to get um, the download link for volume one and volume two. So you'll, you'll see all the work dating back to December. Um, you can kind of follow how we went through the process. You're going to have access to things like Travis May's adjusted production index scores that were in there. Um, some excellent work, um, from Sean and in terms of talking and explaining, um, breakout age, Blair Andrews shared some excellent, um, research and data on, on running backs and tight ends and, um, TJ's got his, his landing spot and and trade, uh, piece in there in volume two that I think was highly actionable. And he actually, I think dovetailed that nicely into a piece, uh, on RotoViz that people can check out, um, on the site now. So, um, we had a lot of fun. We'll be bringing it back for 2021 for sure. Um, and you know, for those of you who did purchase it, thank you so much for your support. You know, we really appreciate it.
2: Yeah, really good stuff. And uh, as Sean mentioned, there, Curtis, it's a pleasure having you on the show. I guess uh, for all the listeners, of course, check out the Dynasty Command Center podcast. Uh, I think episode fifty-one uh, has already hit the air. I think I listened to that on on Monday. Curtis, that one dropped uh, already, so you're 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 already up and running for this week.
3: Yeah, we're 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 chasing you guys uh, to episode, <laughs> episode two hundred. We're going to try to beat you there. You got a fifty episode head start or something, but um yeah, we're 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 trying to we're trying to catch up. So. Yeah, our last, yeah two, our last two episodes focused on rookie drafts, so if you like the discussion here on this episode today, but want to get into more um, kind of specific uh, listening to trade spots, um, specific intra-draft strategies, Travis May and I got into all of that in episodes 50 and 51
2: yeah highly recommend that and as well obviously follow curtis on twitter at c patrick nfl episode 100 is coming out later this week it'll be out on the individual feed on thursday the main feed on friday so if you subscribe to the individual feed while leaving that five-star review you'll also get the show a little bit earlier we're going to have five guest clips with some bold rookie predictions coming up and that we have peter Overzet, davis maddock ben gretch uh, pat corain and matthew freeman so looking forward to sharing that one far later in this week with that it's going to do it for today's edition of the show my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at overtim as always make sure you're checking out sean's fantastic work up on the road of his website and until we're back later in the week with that all important episode 100 have a good one Thank you for listening to Overtime and Rhodeves Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio Podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at RhodevesRadio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz for a 30% discount through the Rhodeviz Radio homepage, rotaviz.com forward slash podcast.
1: Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns.